0: 15 podcast where you'll receive Bible study tools and tips in just 15 minutes. Hey there, welcome back to the Focused 15 podcast. This is your one of your hosts, Katie Orr, and I'm here with our my co host. Dr. Chris Orr. That's me. And today we're talking about what do you need to know about acts? Okay, so with these episodes, we've already done Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, And today, again, we're going to do Acts. And with each of those, we've looked at the importance of understanding the author, the audience, and the aim. In fact, in our last podcast, we talked about context and how do we keep from taking a verse out of context. And one of the first things we mention is understanding the author, the audience, and aim. So that is part of the heart behind why we're doing these episodes through the books of the Bible. So, All right, Chris, can you tell us about the author, audience, and aim of Acts? That's a lot of A's.
1: Yeah, so we got a little bit into this when we talked about Luke. Because you can think of the book of Luke, or the gospel of Luke, as part one of a two-part series called Luke Acts. Mm -hmm. That's A-C-T-S, not (laughs) A-X-E. Right? It's either A-X or A-X-E. I don't know. This is not a spelling lesson. Get off my back. Okay, so... um, (laughs) So Luke acts, uh, Luke writes a gospel, uh, an account of Jesus' life known as the gospel according to Luke. He also writes the uh, the Acts of the Apostles. And in both books, he is telling us who he's writing to. So uh, we'll get to there in the in the A of audience in just a minute. But so Luke is an apostle, uh, or excuse me, Luke is... A follower of Christ and he is connected to Paul. So Luke is not one of the 12 original apostles, but he is a disciple, and that he's very connected with the early church and with uh, those who are apostles very early on. So that's our author. He is, by training and by profession, a physician. He's a doctor. Every time he Goes to give us an account. He has he has done a lot of research in trying to make sure that he is accurately conveying what is uh, what is being reported. So that's our author, Luke. Uh, audience in both books is a man named Theophilus. So Theophilus uh, is the guy that Luke addresses at, uh, the Gospel of Luke to. He's also the one that uh, I keep saying Paul. The one that <laughs> the one that Luke is addressing. The book of Acts 2. So in, in Acts 1.1 1, 1, it says in the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands to the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. Um, and so he begins by, by saying, look, I've, I've tried to give you this orderly account of what Jesus began to do and say and now I'm going to continue on with the story. So this is part two of the gospel according to Luke. Now, his aim in both books is to give this man, Theophilus, a, an ordered account. He wants to tell him, these are the things that is true about Jesus, and these are the things that are true about the church. And I've researched them, I've compiled them, and I've written them to the best of my abilities, and here they are so that you may believe and, and grow in your faith.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Very interesting. And we talked to uh, several, several episodes before how much it, bugs me that it's not Matthew, Mark, John, Luke, X. Yeah. Because Luke and Acts are all together, and it makes so much more sense for just to put them up together, but there's a reason why I wasn't on the council of ordering the books of the Bible. So, anyway. Okay, what else about it? Now, we talked in our context episode how it's important to understand kind of the outline or the flow of of a book of the Bible. So can you tell us a little bit about the flow of Acts?
1: Yeah, so Acts 1 starts out and it talks about the ascension of Jesus. So uh, the Gospel of Luke ends with the resurrection of Jesus, and now Jesus has been walking around for 40 days. He's been appearing to people. They see that he is actually physically resurrected from the dead, and now it's time for him to go back to be uh, at the right hand of the Father in heaven. And so Luke starts out in Acts 1 by talking about the ascension of Jesus. And the ascension happens right after Jesus gives his final words to the disciples in Acts 1.8. He says, you'll be my witnesses when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so one of the things that we try to do as a, as a local church, and I'm sure many local churches, probably even your local church, uh, does is to have an Acts one eight strategy where we're reaching our Jerusalem, our our Judea, so Jerusalem would be like our hometown. Judea is our surrounding region or our state. Samaria would be the the place that's kinda sort of near us, but but the people there are unlike us and maybe we don't really get along with them naturally, but we're still called to go to them and take the gospel to them. And then to the ends of the earth. And I think that you know, that means everywhere. So Jesus, the last thing he says to the to the disciples before he leaves is now it's your job to take the gospel message to the ends of the earth. And so that is what Acts is about. It's about the, the early church in the first century trying to do that, trying to take the gospel to the nations. So Luke starts out with the ascension of Jesus, and then right after that um, there's the day of Pentecost, which is known as like the birth, uh, the day of birth of the, of the church. And there on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2, the Holy Spirit comes on the apostles and they're able to speak to people in languages they didn't study, and languages they didn't know. And all of a sudden there's thousands and thousands of people who are added to the church. And so all of a sudden you have this, this church that's born in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. And now they need to be organized in such a way to, to go out and effectively reach the world for Christ. So Acts uh, continues to follow the story of the church in Jerusalem. And uh, as, the, as the story unfolds, primarily Luke's following the storyline of Peter and mm-hmm. the first uh, seven or eight chapters of, uh, of, of Acts. So Peter is one of the main characters in the books. In Acts chapter 9, we see uh, a man named Saul who, who is converted to Christ, and he later becomes known as Paul, who wrote 13 books of the New Testament. And really, Paul becomes one of the main characters from then on. Uh, throughout the rest of acts so uh, the flow of thought is Jesus is uh, ascended into heaven the church is born and the church begins to interact with the world in a way to bring people into into the kingdom and some of the main characters are Peter and Paul throughout the uh, throughout the, the 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 flow of of the book towards the end of the book we start to see Paul go on missionary journeys he's sent out from a church in Antioch and he goes on three missionary journeys, and he's planting churches, and he's doing evangelism. He's winning people to Christ. He's organizing them in local churches, and then he's going on to the next town. And he does that three times, and then he gets put on trial for uh, for his faith. And, and the book really ends with Paul waiting, um, in, in uh, essentially waiting to see what his what his fate holds. And so mm-hmm. it kind of ends on a little bit of a cliffhanger. <laughs>
0: This is, I hadn't thought of that, this before, but when you were talking about the ascension of Christ, do you think that the followers of Christ at that point, the disciples especially, do you think he was going to stick around? Like, do you think that... They
1: thought that he was going to do that? Yeah, that
0: he, they thought that he resurrected and he came back and that he was just going to keep living at his life?
1: Well, think I, I think that's that, what they thought because in Acts 1, I think it's verse 6, and mm-hmm. I don't have the, the, the word in front of me at the moment, but they ask him... Right before the ascension, right before he says you're going to go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth, they say, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Mm-hmm. So they thought, okay, resurrections happen. We missed the mark the first time. We thought you were coming as a triumphant king, and you really died on the cross. But now you rose from the dead, so will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And Jesus' response is, it's not time for you to mm-hmm. know. Or it's not your place to know times or seasons, mm-hmm. but you will be my witnesses. And that's really one continuous thought as mm-hmm. you read Acts
0: chapter 1. Yeah. Very interesting. Okay, so something that comes up with acts a lot, I think, and I, I think of one gentleman, long time, I don't know if you remember this, but there was a gentleman that we kind of met in passing through common friends, and he was talking about, he, he had literally just sold all of his possessions. He had mm-hmm. sold his house, and he just sold everything so that he could get, and he had a family, And he gave up his job. I mean, he, like, literally gave everything up. And he was just waiting to see what God had for him. And I remember, I mean, I was much younger than I am now. And I remember thinking, that's crazy, (laughs) you know? And I think I knew that that was somewhere in Acts. But I just thought, why would you do that? That's just stupid. And, you know, I still don't know what I think about that too much at this point. But in some point, it felt like he was taking this whole idea of the early church way too literally
1: well in fairness um i th- i don't think that that he got that from acts i think he got that from luke so when uh, jesus talks to the rich young ruler mm-hmm. jesus says go sell all your possessions mm-hmm. give them to the poor and then come follow me mm-hmm. and so
0: well but in the early church you know they talked about how they they had everything in common oh, they like sold acts everything two, yeah they, they 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 were so- selling all their possessions um and just kind of this communal living so anyway that's just an example and it makes me wonder how far should we model our lives and our churches uh to the the model and the specifics even of the early church
1: well i think we need to always try to model our lives after what we see in scripture Mm -hmm. but there's a there's a little bit of a caution so word of caution here um and maybe not even a word of caution just a word of clarification is there's a difference between what the Bible describes and what the Bible prescribes. So, for instance, um, in Second Samuel, King David has an affair with Bathsheba. Okay, so he, he, uh, he, he has this affair with Bathsheba, he, he ends up killing Bathsheba's husband, well, the Bible describes that, but it doesn't really prescribe that we go out and have affairs and then kill the spouse Duh. of the person, you know? And so there's a difference <laughs> between what the Bible describes and what the Bible prescribes, what what the Bible tells us that we should be doing and, and, and really what we must be doing. And so when it comes to Acts, we need to keep in mind that sometimes the Bible is descriptive and sometimes the Bible is prescriptive. So, for instance... In uh, what you were just mentioning, Acts chapter 2, they were giving their possessions, they were selling their possessions and giving them to other brothers and sisters in Christ who were in need. Mm-hmm. And I really, going back to the guy you were talking about, I think that's where he missed the mark, um, was that uh, in Acts 2, they're selling not to just random needy people, but mm-hmm. people within the faith family who are in need, who genuinely have need. Um, so is that is that prescriptive of, of all Christians... Or is that merely descriptive of the church in the first century? Mm -hmm. Well, I would say that in Acts chapter 2, 42 to 47, I would say that's probably going to be fairly prescriptive that we should be willing to give up our possessions Mm -hmm. to help our, especially somebody who's in a local church with you and they can't even provide for their family. right? And you've got extra land and you've got extra cars and and you're unwilling to share that. To me, that seems um, like it doesn't really jive with -hmm. with the Christian faith. Uh, But also, there's other things in that passage that we would take as prescriptive. They were breaking bread together, mm-hmm. they were praying together, they were mm-hmm. worshiping together, they were devoting themselves to the apostles' teachings. So lots of things that we find prescriptive. Now, you backtrack to Acts chapter 1, and so after between Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 and the ascension in Acts chapter 1, there's this this sandwiched in there uh, about how they replaced Judas. Mm-hmm. And the way that they figured out the replacement apostle for Judas was they cast Cast lots, Lots. Mm -hmm. you know, so they're essentially rolling dice. dice. That's right. So, uh, so they said, Matthias, you you know, if we, we roll snake eyes here, it's you, buddy. And they rolled snake eyes and it was Matthias. Mm -hmm. Um, And so should we, every time we go to make a a decision in our life, should we just throw dice and say, well, God's going to control the dice? Well, maybe, but uh, I think that's some of the more uh, descriptive Mm -hmm. parts of Acts that this is what the church did. But it's not the only way that we could go about doing things, and so as long as you keep in mind some things the Bible describes, some things the Bible prescribes, then I think that will help you as you move forward. So, how do you know which is which? Well, if you see those same principles spoken of elsewhere in the New Testament, Mm -hmm. then that would be a pretty good indication that this is prescriptive. Okay, so uh you know Luke is recording they're devoting themselves to prayer well does the bible have anything else to say about prayer yes. well of course it does mm-hmm. and so yeah. we're going to make sure that we're praying there but does the bible ever say anytime you come to a decision point you need to cast mm-hmm. lots well no. no and so that's describing how they were mm-hmm. making a decision so uh, uh you know again descriptive prescriptive i think that's a helpful category two helpful categories to think through as you're reading the book of acts but I would say that the the more we can model our lives after the early church, probably the better as long Mm -hmm. as we're not taking something that's descriptive and saying, no, it has to be this way.
0: Right. Yeah. Good thoughts. All right. Well, any other quick thoughts about Acts?
1: Man, I'm preaching through Acts on Wednesday nights. I I love Acts and um, I've been enriched by my study of it. So we could probably do several more episodes uh, on acts and uh, i think it would be very helpful mm-hmm. to anybody to see how the how the early church mm-hmm. operated but i think we'll just leave it at that for now
0: all right well if you haven't gotten a chance to read through acts it's really you know it might take you a week or two but it's it's really going to be worth your time because you get to see how so many of these early churches were were born ephesians um Ephesus, Ephesus, but the book of what I meant to say and how they're connected with the book so the book of Ephesians and Philippians and Colossians and Corinthians and all of these is just really it kind of helps you put things in a timeline a little bit and understand the context better of uh, what was going on in these churches so
1: alright well that is our last podcast episode for season 2 thanks for joining us and we'll check you later in season 3 bye thanks for
0: listening listening to this week's episode if you've enjoyed these tips share it with a friend to learn more about chris and katie and the focused 15 ministry go to focused15.com have a great week